our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. The Money Pit is presented by Diamond Crystal Salt. The benefits are bigger than you expected. After all, you're worth your salt. Diamond Crystal Salt. A brilliant choice since 10 floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now because we are here to help you with your home improvement project. And if that means getting your house ready for the hordes of holiday guests that are upon us, we'll pick up the phone and call us. We are standing by to help. 888 Money Pit. You know, simple projects like perhaps painting a room can make a huge difference in the appearance that your home uh, shows to the guests that are coming. So that's a project we could talk about. Another good topic for today's program would be to talk about energy efficient improvements that you have now just a couple of weeks left to do because there's going to be some tax credits that you can qualify for. If you've got a question about those, pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT. And speaking of energy efficiency, also coming up this hour, we're going to talk about those holiday light displays. If you like to have the kind of light display that's visible from space, well, good for you. <laughs> We don't want to see your electric bill. But for the rest of us, you know, those holiday lights really do add up to some additional money on the electric bill. There is a way to cut costs. We've got some tips on energy-efficient holiday lighting. And we'll cover those in just a bit. And also ahead, if you need to be using a ladder to hang all of those elaborate exterior lighting displays, you want to make sure that you use caution. You know, there are over 100,000 ladder injuries happening every single year here in the United States. And most of those tend to happen during the holiday season. So we're going to share some ladder safety tips coming up. And winter also means heavy snowfall in some parts of the country. So heavy in some cases that the weight of the snow on a roof can cause it to collapse. We'll have some advice on how to clear snow from a roof safely. And one caller this hour wins $50 worth of Renew products from Leviton. Renew is a very cool line of switches and dimmers and outlets. They've got faces, you know, the plate covers that can actually be changed out to match any decor. And they're available in 20 colors. So let's get to it. The number again, 888 Money Pit. Leslie, who's first? Michaeline in Wisconsin is on the line needing some help insulating a crawl space. Tell us what's going on. Well, I hung some plastic and insulation from the ceiling of the crawl space and all the way around, you know, and I'm still getting drafts and air coming in like into the bedroom that faces the north. By the wall. So you're getting drafts up through the walls? Is that where you feel like it's coming up? Yeah, and up through, you know, the crawl space. There's half a basement, half a crawl space. Okay. Now, what kind of insulation did you use, Michaeline? Well, I used the black plastic, and I used the, like, the R stuff with the... Um... <laughs> the R stuff. Let's back up for a second. Okay. 
The insulation that you put in, is it was it unfaced insulation? Did you press it up into the floor joists, like nice no, and fluffy? No, I didn't press it into the floor joists. How, how did I you went with it? what the Reader's Digest said, hang it from the ceiling of the floor down to the floor, you know, the flooring of the crawl space. You know, so and, and where is the, the insulation that goes up in that floor should be unfaced, should have no paper face, no plastic face. It should be unfaced and it should be big and fluffy and should be as thick as the crawl space floor. But here's, here's the steps that if you had called me before you started this, here's what I would have told you to do. First of all, I would say the area on the outside of your house where we have what's called the box choice, that's the, the beam that goes around the outside perimeter. Right. In that area, you want to seal the gaps with an expandable foam like Great Stuff or a product like that. On the so inside? Could, on the inside, right. You seal that, you spray it, because you get little gaps that, that, where air can come in around that. Then once that dries, it gets nice and hard. Don't try to scrape it away or cut it. It doesn't matter. Just... Uh, spray it, let it dry, stop right there, don't cut away the excess. Then add some insulation, and the insulation would be unfaced fiberglass bats. If your floor joists were 2x10s, I would put 10-inch fiberglass bats there. How do you support those? You use insulation hangers. They're like pieces of wire that stick in between the joists and let it hang there. And then on the crawl space floor, is it a dirt floor? Yes. So if it's a dirt floor, then you want to add the plastic right on the dirt floor. Now, that's not for drafts. That's to stop moisture, moisture from coming up. Okay. And those things, that's the best you can do for and that Michael crawl Lean, space. when you're putting the plastic on the floor of the crawl space, if mm-hmm. you, for some reason, have to use more than one sheet, make sure you overlap by, you know, two or three feet so that you're not getting any moisture releasing into it. Because, as Tom said, you know, the moisture can really reduce the effect that the insulation is going to have. Do you do I tape it then if I've got to use more than one sheet? If you overlap them by two or three feet, they'll stay. Yeah, they'll oh, okay. stay. Gravity will hold it in place. Okay. All right, and that's it. All right, Michaeline, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Mark in Florida, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, I am going to be putting down an engineered hardwood floor. Okay. And I've got the manufacturer's instructions, and I'm going to tell you, the tolerances for the floor are really tight. They want the floor, this is a plywood subfloor off-grade house, they want the floor to be no more than three-sixteenths of an inch over ten feet or an eighth of an inch over six feet deflection. I haven't seen a house yet that has that little deflection, right? (laughs) I know, exactly, yes. Anyway, my question is, uh, I've taken a ten-foot by eight and okay. confirmed it was straight and put it over the floor and I've got a sharpie and I'm kind of marking off what is within tolerance and there are some sections that there are what's not intolerance. So my question to you is how do you meet that specification that they call out for? Uh, for instance, some of the some of the low bearing walls you can see where the, the subfloor is actually dipped down from the weight of the home. The house is about 23 years old. And I'm just wondering, how do you meet that? It's uh, it's extremely tight. How close are you, Mark? Um, it depends. Uh, some of the areas, uh, we're talking probably half, maybe a half inch in some of the bad places. Um, okay, so what you want to do, do in those areas, you're going to fill in with a floor leveling compound. You don't have to do the entire floor. 
But if you have the mm-hmm. areas that are really down, you can fill those in. The thing here is you want it to be reasonably flat. And the reason it wants to be reasonably flat is because with an engineered hardwood floor, the panels lock together. You know, I've got an 1886 house. And I put in uh, laminate floor when it sort of first came on the market. And this is similar to the engineered hardwood floor, um, except that when laminate floor first came on, you had to glue it together. It didn't lock together. And so I was able to glue this together. It actually worked in my favor because by gluing it together, it had a lot more ability to stretch and bend and twist over my very roly-poly floors. But if you're just going to rely on the joint of the hardwood floor to lock together, then you can't really stress it that much. If you try to twist it, it could crack or pop up. And so what I would do is I would get floor level and compound. DAP makes one that works very well. It's called Flexible Floor Patch and Leveler. And so if you go to the DAP website at dap.com, D-A-P.com, just uh, search for the Flexible Floor Patch. You'll see a picture of it there. You know exactly what you're looking for. And then there you can order that uh, from, I'm sure, your home center, your hardware store, or find it online. And that's designed specifically to work on wood floors or under wood floors and, and level them out. On subfloors, especially. Okay. Well, great. Thank you very much. I really enjoy your show and look forward to maybe meeting the two of you one day. Oh, thanks. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, we've got tips on energy-efficient holiday lighting that won't lead to a shocking electric bill. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Bostitch. Bostitch Mechanics Tools deliver the rugged reliability you've come to expect from Bostitch. Designed for the professional, built to last. For more information, visit Bostitch.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to on the air this hour is going to win a set of Renew Lighting products from Leviton worth 50 bucks. Now, the faces on these Renew switches and their dimmers and their outlets, you can actually snap them off and then change that whole plate cover to a brand spanking new color. So if you're painting the room or you just want to be, you know, accenting with a different color or you just want to try something different, you've got 20 different colors to choose from. So it's really super easy to match anything you've got going on. They've got vibrant colors, sculpted lines. I mean, it really is an instant makeover. You can visit leviton.com slash renew for more information or pick up the phone and give us a call right now for your chance to win that great prize from Leviton. Renew lighting products. 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Rika from Rainy, Oregon on the line looking to replace some siding. How can we help you? Hi, I'm calling to see if you can recommend the best siding for our climate. Okay. You know, we're out here in the northwest where we get a lot of rain and mm-hmm. and wind. And our um, T111, the paint has been peeling off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's starting to kind of disintegrate. It's a high-maintenance siding, T111. And if you're not familiar with it, for those that are listening, that's a plywood siding. And, you know, it's okay as long as you paint it every day before you go to work. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you know, it does wear out quite quickly. Now, when you're talking about wind, Rika, are you saying that you get, like, super-duper-duper high winds, like hurricane conditions? Like, we should be looking at, you know, a certain mile-per-hour rating or just normal rainy-windy? I mean, we did have one hurricane out here, so... 
it survived through that and stuff. You know what the nice thing about T111 is, though? It makes a really good sheathing. You don't have to take it off to put siding over it. Should you paint it and seal it and make sure it's in, like, good coated condition? Nope. Nope. You're not going to rely on its weather resistance whatsoever. You're just going to go right on top of it. So you could put a building paper or a Tyvek or something like that and go right over it. And the kind of siding that I think is probably one of the most weather resistant sidings out there is a siding called Hardy Plank, which is a siding that's um, a cementitious type of a siding product. It's molded. It can look like clapboard. It can look like wood cedar shingles. I've got an 1886 house, Rika, and I've got on my my house, real old-fashioned wood shingles on the house, and on the garage we have hardy plank. And got to tell you, from the street, they pretty much look identical. Wow! Because the hardy plank is just so well made, and it has that that appearance of being like an old shingle, but it's not organic. It's not wood, so it doesn't fall apart. And we actually ordered them from the factory, um, primed and painted. So there was a little bit more money, but so worth it because. When you factory paint this stuff, you just do so much better of a job than you can possibly do on site itself. So I would definitely look at Hardy Plank siding that's made by the James Hardy Company as one of the options. Okay, thank you. Well, if you want to have the brightest holiday decorations on your block without blowing your budget on your electric bill, you've got to choose the right lights. And you can actually save a bundle if you use LED and fiber optic lights. Now, there's a variety and versatility to all of these products, which really make them better than ever. And I've got to say, some of the color options that you see with the LED and the fiber optics really are beautiful and unusual. And you know, the LEDs have come a long way since they were first uh, in, introduced and they were somewhat dimmer uh, early on. Now the LEDs are fantastic. You know, they convert energy into light rather than heat, which lowers cooling bills in the summer too, not to be ignored. Each light actually uses only four-tenths of a watt for up to a 90% efficiency over incandescence. And the LEDs also don't contain mercury, which is a concern with the CFLs, and they can burn for more than 50,000 hours. So they really are solid products today. The costs are coming down, and they work really incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And they stay incredibly cool to touch. I have to tell you, I I still like those old-fashioned C9, you know, the big 1950s-looking exterior holiday lights that you've seen. Right. Yeah, Um, the the thumb-sized bulbs. I I love them. For some reason, there's something just so nostalgic. And, you know, I, I was just looking at some in the store and I I plugged them in just to test them out. And immediately when I plugged in that strand of lights, the bulb was just, you could feel the heat on it. And if you go for one of the LEDs or even the fiber optics, they just stay so much cooler. Now, with the fiber optics, how this works is it's actually a single incandescent bulb, which sends lights through tiny fibers. And the result there, again, is a cool-to-touch lighting display, and they really just look phenomenal. Well, if you want some more tips on how you can cut those holiday lighting costs, you can search energy-efficient LED holiday lighting online at moneypit.com. Pete in Illinois, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I got lime deposits in my toilets, and I've got probably five toilets in my house that I'd like to get them out of it. You know, they're around the the upper part of the rim where the water comes out, and then down in the bowl. And I've tried lime away, and I tried the vinegar soak. Maybe I just didn't do it long enough, but I'd like to find a way to get those lime deposits out of there and get my toilets looking nice. Have you tried CLR? Yes, I have. 
You have tried CLR, and CLR didn't do it either? Didn't do it, no. Well, Pete, if the commercial cleaners like CLR and LimeAway are not working, there's a couple other things that you can try, but you have to be very careful. One of them is to use something that's abrasive like pumice or like a rubbing compound, and you can try to abrade away the deposit. Theoretically, these uh, abrasives are softer than the porcelain, but you have to do it very carefully. You don't want to rough the surface of the porcelain because if you do, it'll get dirtier that much quicker um, the next time around. Some folks also use muriatic acid. Mm-hmm. I don't like to recommend that because it's pretty harsh stuff. And, you know, you got to be super, super careful when you use it. But it is, yeah. it is a possibility as well. And then, you know, the other thing that you can try is you did use vinegar, but I don't know if you mixed it with baking soda. Yeah, because that helps. That helps as well. You kind of make it into a paste and let it stand for a while, and then you rinse it. Okay. There's a couple of additional things that you can try. I also found a great article online. Whenever you find an article from a university or an extension service, it's usually pretty well researched. And if you just Google removing mineral deposits and North Carolina cooperative, you'll find it. And it's an extensive article that's a little old, but has a lot of great suggestions in it and specifically has solutions for the different types of deposits that you get on these fixtures, whether it's rust, iron, copper, you know, what kinds of stain it is and so on. That sounds great. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Alan, Texas has got a house that tends to move a lot. Now you can't close your darn doors. Tell us what's going on, Al. Well, you know, here in this uh, part side of town, our soils are not very good, and they tend to shift all the time. Okay. So it's a constant battle with the doors not locking properly. Mm-hmm. And so my question has to do with there's a male and a female side, and so should I change, you know, adjust the door, or do I need to go to the female side? to adjust that so that the door locks properly. The place you make the adjustment, Al, really depends on what's the easiest way to do this. So let me give you a couple of examples. Let's say that the uh, the door itself was hitting the door jam a little bit low and you had to pick it up a bit. Well, if you went to the upper hinge and, and was able to tighten it, that will actually sort of twist the door upwards in its frame and move that striker up higher perhaps enough to actually make the to make the connection on the strike plate. Uh, and if you had to move it down, you could tighten the lower hinge. So you can do a little bit of movement by shimming the hinges or moving the hinges or tightening the hinges in the door. Uh, beyond that, the easiest thing to do is to actually reset the striker plate on the door jam itself to move that up or down to align properly with, uh, with the door itself. And you, know, you could actually have a striker that's a little bit wider than perhaps what you really need in terms of the actual striker hole so that if the door was to shift a little bit throughout the year because of swelling and, and expansion and contraction, it would still continue to operate properly. Does that make sense? It does. Now, let me ask you one last thing. On the, not, not on the door, but on the other side, would I need to change that piece of wood? And why I say that is because typically that little metal piece is actually almost encrusted onto the wood. I mean, there's always like a little square, and if it's right perfectly in there, would I need to replace all of that, or could I just maybe 
not necessarily replace it, but what you would do is you might open it up a little bit. So, for example, you would take off the striker, and then with a the chisel, you would widen out the hole a little bit, and then you would put it back together. That makes sense. Okay. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for calling. All right, coming up, tips to help you avoid two major winter safety issues, roof collapses and ladder falls. Both are peak this time of year. We're going to tell you how to avoid them and stay safe next. The Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, a bathroom is a source of many, many leaks sometimes inside your house. There are just a number of places where water can show up where it's not supposed to be, whether that's a dripping faucet or a leaking shower head, you know, those areas are pretty easy to access and pretty easy to fix. But one type of bathroom leak and one that I observed quite significantly in the 20 years I spent as a professional home inspector is when the leak forms under the toilet, not in the toilet, but under the toilet. And the reason that that is such a problem is because when that happens, not only do you get the hassle of water dripping out, say, a floor below where it's not supposed to be, but even worse, those leaks happen so slowly that they end up rotting out bathroom floors, which turn minor repairs into major, major fixes. Fortunately, there's a new product out that offers a solution. Mm-hmm. And here to tell us all about it is Bob Grimmett. He's the president of Seal Gasket. Welcome, Bob. Hello. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Now, Bob, when this happens, and typically we have to take a toilet off of the bathroom floor and replace the, the wax seal, uh, that's a pretty messy job. You actually have invented a product that takes the place of that and then actually does a far better job of sealing those toilets to the floor and stopping those leaks. How does the Santa Seal work? Well, uh, the Santa Seal is made out of a polyurethane foam that is waterproof and chemical proof. And this allows um, some movement in the toilet so that the, the material actually compresses and yet it still has enough deflection to maintain it, a nice good feel. The most common reason that your toilet would leak anyway is because of some slight movement or rocking. That's very common, especially on a, uh, uh, you know, at the tile floor. Now, is that from an unevenness in the wax gasket or is that an unevenness in the floor? Typically because, you know, the floor is uneven there. Well, many times you have old wood floors that naturally have some flex in them. And I think the issue is that the gaskets don't really handle that very well, the wax gaskets, uh, especially as they sort of dry out and, and, and get older. They tend to not seal as much and they'll crack and they'll open up. So this product is a, is a polyurethane foam gasket that has much more given it. Another scenario that we find when we're doing bathroom renovations, Bob, is when we add a floor to the, a new floor to the bathroom, typically you have to raise the toilet flange. Is this product thick enough so that you could add, say, a laminate floor to a bathroom and not have to adjust the flange because this new gasket would be thick enough to kind of absorb that? Definitely. And we designed the Santa Seal to be an inch and five sixteenths thick, which uh, allows it to work in probably 90, 98% of the applications. So now your, your flange can be anywhere from three-eighths above the finished floor to three-eighths below. So now when you install standard quarter-inch tile with thin set, even with a, a dura rock underneath it, 
that would put your flange about a quarter of an inch below the finished floor, so one sand and seal will work in, in, in those applications. The only time that you would have to stack sand and seal is if that flange is more than three-eighths below the finished floor, is if you were to maybe add uh, radiant floor heat or something like that. You know, when I was taking a look at your website, there's another uh, little intricacy of this product which I think is kind of cool, and that is that if you ever tried to install a toilet, it's almost impossible to get the bolts to stand up straight while you're lifting this very heavy porcelain toilet over on top of them and getting, it, getting them sort of lined up. You actually have designed into this gasket a way to keep the bolts straight so as the toilet comes down, it compresses it, the bolts are in the right place, and you're pretty much good to go. Oh, definitely, yeah. The sand still has the uh, the holes coming through it to hold your bolts upright. That way one person can easily do this job. You don't need to have anybody help align the toilet and, and as you're setting it down. And it also allows you multiple attempts. So you can actually, if you do need to set the toilet down for some reason and you miss that other bolt, it's not a problem. Just pick it back up and align it on the other bolts so you can uh, realign that uh, the toilet. Bob Grimmett, president of Santa Seal Gasket, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Now, if you'd like more information on Santa Seal, you can visit their website at santaseal.com. It's spelled S-A-N-I-S-E-A-L.com. And Santa Seal is available at Lowe's stores throughout the country. All right, still ahead, getting up on a ladder to deck the halls. Well, make sure you're using it correctly and safely. You know, the amount of ER visits from ladder falls this time of year is unbelievable. We've got tips to avoid one holiday trip that you didn't plan next. The Money Pit is presented by Diamond Crystal Salt. The benefits are bigger than you expected. After all, you're worth your salt. Diamond Crystal Salt. A brilliant choice since 1886. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Chamberlain MyQ Garage. When you forget, it alerts your smartphone so you can close your door from anywhere on most garage door openers. Available now. For more information, go to Chamberlain.com. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Happy holidays, everybody. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller that we talked to this hour is going to win a way that maybe you can give a room in your home a little holiday makeover. We've got up for grabs a Renew lighting product set from Leviton worth 50 bucks. Now, the faces on the Renew switches, dimmers, and outlet plates, just snap them off and you can change them to a new color which will help you create a new look for any room you've got. And it's got 20 different colors to choose from, so you can just match these plates to pretty much any part of your decor, and it looks great. You know, if you think about it, vibrant colors, you get the sculpted lines, it pretty much adds up to an instant makeover. For more information, you can visit levitin.com slash renew. That's levitin.com slash renew. Now we've got Ann and Georgia on the line calling in with an air conditioning question. How can we help you? What happens is there is an excessive amount of dust in the house. Okay. I mean, it's huge. I just rake my finger across a table, and you can see long particles, you know, long hair type. I mean, it's not hair, but it's like long uh, things. It's really, really thick. And when the pollen was really bad down here, like in the spring when it was yellow pollen outside, you could it was in the house. Let me ask you some basic questions, Ann. First of all, uh, you know, you're talking about a fan. What, what kind of heating system do you have in this house to begin with? It's a heating pump. Okay, it's forced air. It's a forced air system, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so the best type of air filtration system would be an electronic air cleaner. 
an electronic air cleaner would be installed on the return side of the air handler, so it would clean the air as it goes back to the air handler. And a good quality electronic air cleaners can take out all of that dust, all of that pollen, right down to virus-sized particles. Most of us rely on the fiberglass filters, which are very inexpensive. They cost maybe a dollar a piece, but they don't do very much. You know, we, we call them pebble stoppers because everything else goes right through them. So if you really want to clean up your house and reduce the amount of dust, you simply need a better filtration system on your HVAC system. And so an electronic air cleaner would be that. You could take a look at models by train or by April Air, and there are a number of others as well. But don't be confused by electrostatic versus electronic. You want an electronic air cleaner because these work. To, and some of them charge the particles so that they have sort of magnetic attraction to the filter ma- uh, material. Some of them combine electronic cleaning with filtration cleaning. But either of those two brands, either Train or April Air, make very good quality electronic air cleaners, and you'll see a huge difference. But it's the kind of thing that you have to have an a HVAC technician professionally installed. It's not a do-it-yourself project. Okay, this sounds great. Okay, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you're getting ready to decorate, no doubt you're about to get up on a ladder, maybe for the first time since last year. You want to be careful. You want to save yourself a trip to the ER and follow these foolproof safety tips. First off, check the ladder before you take your first step on it because a lot of old ladders, they get worn, they get broken, and they cause a lot of injuries every single year. You also want to make sure that the ladder has slip-resistant rungs and feet and inspect it for any of those rungs that are split or any rivets that get loose because that can cause those rungs to pull right out. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're using an extension ladder, you want to make sure that you're not pitching it too steeply. So if you've got a roof that's 12 feet high, the base of your ladder needs to be at least three feet from the house. You want to go a quarter way, you know, kick those feet out from the height of whatever it is you're climbing up to. And you really need to have somebody hold that base steady. Finally, you know that little label that says, never ever stand above here, or don't use this as a step, or don't sit here? Really do follow it, because if you step on there, suddenly the whole sense of balance is thrown off, and it's just a terrible idea. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Do you have a home improvement question, a decor question, a fix-up question? We'd love to talk to you at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Marianne in California is on the line with a tiling project. How can we help you? Yes, hi. Well, um, I would like to replace the tile in my kitchen. They're large, and they're, uh, several of them are cracked, and the grout is just, it's wearing out, and it's pretty dirty. And I was just wondering if there's something that someone who is not extremely handy, like myself, that could mm-hmm. do for a reasonable cost, or is that kind of like out of the picture? Are you talking about floor, backsplash, countertop? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, the floor. Okay. So, and you have tile now, so you would have to either put a second layer on top of that or tear out what you have there. And you said it's really dirty and gross. Is it structurally solid? Um, yes, I believe so. Several of them are cracked. They're not separated from the subfloor, are they? No. Okay, you can put a second layer of tile on top of that. It's possible to glue... Uh, one tile on top of the other. Um, the one issue you have to be careful of, do you have a dishwasher? I do. So you have to watch the height of that dishwasher cavity to make sure you have enough uh, play on the legs of the dishwasher to be able to basically make it a little shorter so you could make up the thickness 
of the tile layer, but you can put a second layer on top of it. Um, is it a do-it-yourself project? Well, I mean, if you can handle the layout, if you can handle the tile cuts, you need a, you need a tile saw, a wet saw to do it. It's a pretty you know adventurous home improvement project, and of course the the material is pretty expensive, uh-huh. and you if you screw it up, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So it's probably not the first do-it-yourself project that we would recommend, but you can you can do it yourself. I but you've got to have special tools and a lot of patience. Oh, okay. That sounds like it's probably not for me then. <laughs> yeah, and even the grouting itself, you know, requires uh, some skill. And if you don't grout it right, it dries, it's impossible to get off, and you don't get a second shot at it without a whole lot of work. I see. But, I mean, how about a different type of flooring that isn't tile? Now you're talking. So what about a (laughs) laminate floor, for example? This is a lot easier on you. You know, a laminate floor is great. You can get laminate floor patterns that look like tile or look like marble or look like wood. Um, They're like puzzle pieces. They all lock together. There's a strip version, and there's types that look more like tile. And, you know, that's a lot easier to handle. You can cut it with with a regular saw. And uh, it floats on top of the tile, so you don't have to pull up the old stuff. Still have the same height concern uh, with the dishwasher space, but it's a lot easier and a lot more forgiving to do something like that. And it's very durable. I've had a laminate floor down in my kitchen for more than 10 years, and it's great. Yeah, that sounds like the way to go. So um, I didn't realize you could put it right on top of the... um what you have already. The tiles that I have are not flat, smooth. You know, they kind of have a texture to them. Does that matter? Yeah, that's perfectly fine. No, there there will be a slight, a very thin underlayment underneath the the laminate floor, usually a thin foam. It's either separate or it's attached to the back of the laminate. And so that will take up any, you know, slight defects like that. But I think that's the way to go. Why don't you head out to Lumber Liquidators? You can go to a Lumber Liquidators store. You can go to LumberLiquidators.com. And take a look at all of the laminates that are there. You will be amazed at the number of selections. And choose one for your house. I think that's a great uh, option for you. And a lot easier than trying to cut tile. Oh, my gosh, yes. I, I wouldn't even think of attempting that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Still to come, major snowfalls can easily put a lot of stress on your roof. So we're going to share some tips on how you can avoid a roof collapse next. You live in a money pit. Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. On air and online at moneypit.com. You can post your question in the community section like Susan did from Massachusetts. All right. And Susan writes, recently a deal on the sale of my home fell through because the buyer wanted me to replace the fully functional but 25-year-old furnace. After giving in to many demands, I drew the line at this one. Should I replace the furnace so that it doesn't come up for future buyers? I don't think you have a responsibility to replace an appliance just because it's old. Whenever you sell a house, some elements of the home are going to be old and some are going to be newer. I mean, they're not going to pay you more just because maybe you have a new roof, but you have an old furnace. You know, you, you can't have it both ways. One thing that you could do, Susan, just to kind of prepare yourself the next time the home uh, is on the market and faces home buyers, is to consider having a professional home inspection done of your home as the home seller. This way you'll fully understand the condition of the home in the eyes of a potential home buyer, and you can kind of head off any concerns of the past. So, for example, you know, you may want to be very clear that 
here's my, you know, I have an older furnace, I have a newer roof, I've got a new dishwasher, whatever it is, you kind of lay it out there and you eliminate surprises. And you're pretty much telling the buyer, look, it is what it is. Unless the furnace is cracked, I have no responsibility to replace it. If it is damaged, then yes, of course you have to. But if it's not, it is what it is. And the fact that it's old does not require you to replace it. That's just the way it is. Well, and I also feel like, Susan, if you have had this furnace serviced annually, then you've got a pedigree of the condition that the furnace is in. And maybe it's 25 years old, but it still works great. So if you can prove that, I think you're in good shape. Well, when winter storms hit, one thing to keep in mind is that heavy snow loads will load up on your roof. In fact, it might be a good idea to take some steps to remove that snow to avoid stressing that roof out and potentially saving yourself a roof collapse. Leslie has tips on the best and safest way to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, that's right. If you're at all concerned about heavy snow on your roof, the first step is simply to just check things out, and you can actually do that from inside your home. You want to look for any leaks or weak spots on the underside of your roof. Now, most of the time, a little sunshine and above-freezing temperatures are truly all you need to avoid a roof collapse, but if you're concerned and you want to speed up the process, a sloped roof can usually be cleared from the ground. You just have to make sure you use the right tools for the job. You can get something called a snow cutter or a snow rake, and they've got a blade or a cutter attached to a long pole that you can use from the ground. If you use your metal tools like shovels or hose or rakes, you know, things that you use for the garden, they can actually get caught on and then damage your asphalt shingles. So just don't go that route at all. If you've got a flat roof, you really do need to take some special precautions there. You need to use extreme caution if you're climbing onto it to remove the snow yourself, or you can actually call on a pro to do the job for you. If you're lucky enough to have a metal roof, you've got a self-cleaning roof system all built right in. As soon as that temperature starts to climb even just a little bit and that roof really does warm up, that snow is going to slide right off. You don't want to be the one standing underneath it when it does, but it is going to come right off all on its own. And if you just take a few simple steps, you'll really ensure some roof safety this winter season. Good point. You know, the best time to clear your roof is right after the snowfall because when it starts to melt, it gets very heavy. And another thing to watch out for is rainfall that follows snowfall because that water goes right through the snow, really adds to the weight and again, increases the risk of a roof collapse. So once it snows, that's the time if you've got a a big buildup of snow on your roof for you to think about getting up there and getting it cleared off. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, coming up next week on the program, we're going to have a solution to a very common problem, low water pressure. You might not be aware that it's not a problem with your water service or your pipes. In many cases, a simple cleaning is all you need to restore the flow. We'll cover that on the next edition of the program. Happy holidays, everybody. This is the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 